What a powerful week we have had, Bazala. Where I believe there are things God spoke to our hearts and our spirits that we really need to carry into the months to come. You do know that uh, uh, this month we are talking about the gift of opportunity. So today I want to talk specifically about seizing the moment. Our main text for our theme for the month is Ecclesiastes chapter 9. We are reading only verse 11. I have seen something under the sun. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. Look at your neighbor and say, time and chance happen to them all. Look at your other neighbor and say, time and chance happen to them all. So we've learned from this passage in our previous lessons that with all the going on, the goings on of life, life sometimes things being unpredictable, things not working as we thought, as we read here, the Bible talking about even people who are swift not winning the race, strong not winning the battle, the wise not able to make ends meet, the brilliant not able to walk in health, and even those who are learned not walking in favor. When it looks like life is confusing and you don't get out of life what you really put in, and it looks like there's a lot of contradiction to the way things ought to be, but then it says, with all of that said and done, there is something that is an equalizer, and that thing is called time and chance. These two happen to them all. And the word for time there is the word opportunity. So it means in life, all of us will have opportunity. Opportunity will come your way. Nobody in this world will ever go without opportunity. And if you learn how to leverage opportunity, in spite of all the other things that happen in your life, your life will move forward. I see your life moving forward. I said, I see your life moving forward. And this thing called opportunity, the Bible tells us is not just opportunity that comes, but also what the Bible calls chance. The way chance talks about a, a, an incident or what you may fall in. It also speaks about an occurrence or something that may come to attempt to frustrate you. In other words, when you try to leverage opportunity, there are things that can try to come and block your way. But nothing is going to block your way in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can I hear an amen? amen? And so time and opportunity are important to us. The word opportunity speaks of a favorable moment. There's a moment that is the right moment, the favorable moment, the opportune time. We said that actually that word opportunity, if you look at the history of it, the origin of the word, and as you young people who know these things, you call it the etymology of the word. This word was used by sailors in the early days as they waited to dock the ship. Even back then in days when they didn't even have harbors built. But the sailors, as they went around sailing, delivering cargo to different places, they would come to dock at a specific place. And because the ship back then had sails on them, driven by winds, they didn't have motors like we have today or engines like we have today, the wind and the weather played a great and a very big role as to the ability of the ship to dock and for these sailors to be able to unload or load the cargo. 
So when they came to a specific place where they wanted to dock, the captain would have to watch the direction of the wind and know the direction of the waves and be sure that the weather is good so that the wind should blow in a favorable direction in the right place and if the sea is calm, when that happened, they could dock. The weather being the weather, there was no guarantee at all when you came to a spot that the weather would be favorable. So the captain of the ship would always be on watch, on guard, looking out for a favorable, favorable weather where, as we say, when time and tide converge. And once the weather was favorable, the captain would rush out and he would cry out, opportune, opportune, opportune. And when the rest of the crew heard that, they knew that they needed to bring the ship in, dock the ship, and start unloading the cargo. In other words, we have a window of opportunity. We have a time and a season where we can do what we want to do. And so therefore, once he shouted opportune, the crew knew what we do now is dictated by opportune at hand. It dictates our priority. It dictates our attention. It dictates our focus. And it dictates our pace. Because when the weather was favorable, there was no guarantee for how long it could change in a short while. And if you didn't do what you were supposed to do when the weather was right, you would have to wait sometimes for a week, for a month. And in the meantime, you lose time. Sometimes you lose favorable cargo. And therefore, when opportunity presented itself, it was time to spring into action. And this is what this verse is saying. When time and opportunity presents itself to you, you got to jump to it. you got to do what opportunity instructs you to do. Why? Because opportunity that emerges. And when it emerges, we must seize it. When it emerges, it dictates everything about our lives. Because when opportunity comes, it doesn't come to pause. It comes to pass. And very often, God engineers these God moments, these God opportunities. And when they come, we must grab them. Because the occasion that comes your way, they position you for a breakthrough. I see somebody having a breakthrough in their life. They position you for something great that is going to happen in your lives. And therefore, we need to make up our minds to seize these God moments because moments come and moments go. And it's easy to miss it. And sometimes when you've missed a moment, you lose a cycle. You wait, you have to wait long. And sometimes the rest of your life can be ruined by the one moment that you didn't take advantage of. Can I hear a good amen? Can I hear a good amen? Seizing the moment, therefore, means sometimes it is that decision that you need to make. It is that place that you need to go to. Even if you may not fully understand why you feel the promptings of the Holy Spirit in your heart. God may not fully explain to you why there's an agency in your spirit. You may not know why you have that restlessness inside of you, that sense of moving forward. But if you know that it is God who is leading you, you need to make sure you jump at the opportunity. Even if you don't understand the full detail of what is at hand, but whatever God-led decision is there can lead to an entire life change. I want to show you in Scripture three instances where people encountered a God moment, a life-changing moment. But let me say this. What is strange about these God moments? When they come, they don't make an announcement. When they come, they don't have the glitz and the glamour. When they come, they don't blow the trumpet. There's no lightning. There's no thunder. As our brothers say in Nigeria, there's no tunda. No tunda, no lightning. These opportunities come wrapped in the mundane, everyday decisions. 
they are so ordinary that if you lack depth and perception, you might miss them. These life-changing moments took place in people's lives in the Bible. First of all, in John chapter 12. I'm not going to read these passages. You can read them later. This is a passage where Jesus visits the house of Lazarus, the home of Lazarus, who stayed with his two sisters, Martha and Mary. This is Lazarus, whom Jesus had previously raised from the dead. So when Lazarus visits this house, he's not going there to preach. He's going there because he's going for lunch. He's going to have a meal. Nothing about this day that says there's anything spectacular. Nothing about the event that says there's anything that is life-changing. But Mary uses this opportunity that is mundane and ordinary to do something that puts her in the pages of history. And to do something that Jesus says this act that this woman has done will stand up as a memorial for her. And she does something which also is very prophetic in nature. As they are sitting at the meal, Mary comes with a bottle of very expensive perfume. Now, I was asking the names of expensive perfumes in the first service. The people in the first service, I know, you not only know the expensive perfumes, you are actually wearing them right now as I speak. So, so, so let's get the names of the expensive perfumes. Let's hear in this section. This is the section of the expensive perfumes right here. Yeah. Come, give me the names. Give me the names. Pardon? Pardon? Bulgari, they called it in the first So that's a popular brand, eh? Bulgari, all right? Let's hear. Gucci. Eh? Gucci. Gucci. You're wearing the Gucci shoes and the Gucci bag and the Gucci perfume. <laughs> Gucci. Arutlen, Arutlen, come on, let's hear. At least there's one for, at least Barzamile Barutibarunaka Gucci, come on. Arutlen, come on, let's say. Any expensive perfume, eh? Eh? I, somebody's saying something. What did you say? Pardon? What is that? I, I can't hear me. I, I can't even hear what you're saying. That one. And this, that, yeah? Chanel number five is expensive. Are you serious that Chanel number five is expensive? All right, you're not okay. Also, yeah, yeah, the, the whole group here give us Chanel number five. Let's hear, let's hear this side. Let's hear this side. What, what's another? Huh? Huh? Pardon? Tom Ford. Tom Ford. Eh? Makarapa. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Now, think about this, brother. Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. This woman, the perfume she took in those days, we are told that that perfume that she used, for you to buy it, it took your salary for almost the whole year. Yeah. And this woman decides on this day to show her gratitude and her love for Christ. This is just, they're having lunch. Nothing big. She brings this bottle, breaks it, pours it on the feet of Jesus. When she does that, Judas Iscariot, the thief, complains. He was the treasurer, and he says, why must you waste so much money? We could take this money and feed the poor with it. What a thief. And in the meantime, anyhow, and so, and so when this woman does this, Jesus stops and makes this comment. It's an amazing comment. In verse 19 of Mark 14, she says, and I'm paraphrasing, Mary's unselfish act will act as a memorial for her. Jesus is saying, this woman, she will be remembered for this, but even more further, she actually was pr prophetically doing something, anointing Jesus, almost embalming him, 
through this act prophetically declaring that Jesus would be crucified on the cross. And so, in other words, a moment of opportunity comes in the midst of everyday affairs. Nothing about this day that said it's a moment of opportunity. And so we need to realize, Barcelona, that moments of opportunity are presented to us. Let me give you another example. In Mark chapter 10, we read about blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus, he's standing by the side of the road. He hears this noise. On inquiry, he is told that Jesus is passing by. Note, Jesus is not coming to him. Jesus doesn't have an appointment with him. Jesus doesn't know about him. Jesus, we can go But blind Bartimaeus remembers this Jesus is the same one that I heard about. That he heals the sick. He opens the eyes of the blind. If I let him pass and I don't do something about this moment, I'm going to stay blind for the rest of my life. Now watch this. So what does she do? She wants to seize the moment. And what happens to her is what will happen to you when you try to seize the moment. What happens? She tells the people that are with him, all right, because Jesus is passing, take me to him. And they turn to him and they say, Bona, he's not coming to you. Don't bother him. He doesn't, he's not here to see you. Very often, you must be very careful when God is prompting you to do something in your heart. Sometimes there are those who will try to stop you from doing that. There are those who are not connected to God's frequency who will try to stop you. But I love blind Bartimaeus. He knows that if they're not going to help him, they still can find a way. And he thinks to himself, I can't go where Jesus is. I don't see where he is. I don't know what to do. But what I know is I've got a good voice. And I'm going to use what I've got to grab this opportunity. Are you there, Barcelona? And so blind Bartimaeus begins to raise his voice and says, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's, he says it for the first time, Jesus doesn't stop. And he, he repeats until Jesus stopped. And when Jesus stopped, he said, you know, go bring that man to me. And all these people who were trying to block him, now they are acting like Skoko. We've been with you, you know. And they say to him, be of good cheer, he is calling you. But blind Bartimaeus got hold of that opportunity. Jesus wasn't going to him. Jesus was passing by. What is sometimes a brief moment can turn out to be a lifetime decision. Unfortunately, not many people know how to seize and take advantage of moments like these. Times when the Holy Spirit is prompting you, He's nudging you. Times when the Holy Spirit is creating a desire in you. But even when He's doing that, there is nothing spectacular that is there. All you know is there's this unsettledness, this sense on the inside of you. So God, with the God opportunity, the God opportunity brings to you the miraculous future. But this miraculous future is hidden inside the mundane, everyday decisions. Think about it. In a day, how many decisions we have to make? How many things pass us? And how many things potentially are loaded with possibility? And we don't see it. We don't see it. Another story, and the third story is that one in Luke chapter 5. This one is interesting. Jesus is in a house, and the Bible says there are certain Pharisees and teachers of the law who came from every town of Galilee and Judea. They came to listen to him. This is in Luke chapter 5, verse 17. And the last part of verse 17 says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Because wherever Jesus is, the power of the Lord is present to heal when we meet like this and we lift up the name of Jesus and we talk about Jesus, the power of the Lord is present to heal. Not only is the power of the Lord present, the power of the Lord is present for a purpose and the purpose there is to heal. 
And the healing referred to here is not just the healing of the body. He is there to heal your mind. He is there to heal your pocketbook. He is there to sort things out about your future. The power of the Lord is present to heal. But note the sad part about this. It says, behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And it says, they sought to bring him in. They sought means to bring him in. These people didn't have a vantage point because the house was full. They are coming from the outside. They are not in the, in the main house. When they get to the house, this man realizes, I have an opportunity here. To receive something from Christ. But like every opportunity, there are things that are blocking the way. And when things are blocking his way, instead of going home, the Bible says, they sought means. They looked for a way. They made a plan. Finally, they bring him down the roof of the house. And when he came down the roof of the house... The Bible says, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees saw this, they immediately said, Jesus said to this man, your sins are forgiven you. What's this, Bazalan? Amazing. He says, your sins are forgiven you. Verse 24, but he says, but, excuse me, let me go back. He says, your sins are forgiven you. Verse 21 says, but the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason. And they said, who is this who can blaspheme? It's only God alone who can forgive their sins. Know this. This man, when he came and was brought in where Jesus was, when you read the story, finally he got healed. Finally, this power of the Lord that was present to heal them touched him and him alone. And all the other people who were in the house were not touched by the power of God. Why? Because the Pharisees and the scribes could not receive because their minds were poisoned by religious debates and church politics. And very often this is what prevents so many of God's people from receiving as we meet together to worship the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Their mind is filled with church politics and church debates and their mind is poisoned by religious belief systems. Or it could be something that happened in church that you didn't like. In the parking lot, they didn't speak to you well. So by the time you almost too long, wabila. And so how Bela, even when in the service, the power of the Lord is present to touch you and to heal you, the moment of opportunity cannot change your life at all. Maybe when you said the Asha said, No, it's a mo lodula mole, no ramarasha e yam papela ena. Udutu mo unto rapela maruntona kane asha ela na fela. And this is why it's so important for us. I was saying in the first service, this is why it's so critical for us. The longer we stay serving the Lord, the longer we are in church, is the more we must get out of church politics. Yeah. Telling you. Because think about it, Barcelona. When you were starting as a young believer and you attended the church, everything was nice there. You liked the gate. How can I get you? just loved the gate fully blue. I mean, you were just impressed by the fact that there's a guard there at the gate. It was even better that there was a parking bay for you on grass. And then you loved the paving as you came in. And you loved the color of the carpet. And you loved the chair. You loved the music. And you loved them. And everything was wow. And as you were wowed, God moved on your life. And you said, my goodness, I have never had a service like this. But as we grow in the Lord, we get used to all of that. And we start being picky about things. Look at somebody and say, I have weak away, no work another one. It's quite sad that the only person who got healed was a person who came outside the system. And one outside the system was able to grab the opportunity and receive the anointing that was at everybody's disposal. Yet he's the only one in the crowd 
who was able to seize the opportunity? What is the God opportunity? Let me answer that question for you. The God opportunity, number one, is a defining moment. Defining moments are moments that define or redefine your life. These are moments that change your life forever. I want to give you some examples of that. In John chapter 4, we read an amazing story. I was reflecting on it yesterday, meditating on it, thinking about it. For a while, it was like I am standing somewhere along the streets of Samaria as an embedded journalist or an investigative journalist trying to find out what happened on this day. And I was struck by a number of very interesting things about this story in John chapter 4. This woman, we don't know her name, but we are told that she went to the well to go and get water. A number of things are very important for us to note. As she went to the well, she meets Jesus because Jesus came to the well during daytime. It's quite strange that this woman has come to fetch water during the day. Because if you've ever lived in the village, you know that the women in the village fetch water in the morning and in the late afternoon or early evening. Never during the day. But when you hear about the story of this woman's life, then you understand. Because we know that this woman actually had a problem. She was living with somebody else's husband who was not hers. And in the way, it's like that. So it is quite possible that because of that, she was not popular in the place. They used to talk about her, and if they met her, they zimzonged her. So it's very possible one of the times as she went down to the well in the morning, one of the women says, yeah, and then she thought, you know what? Akaba visa these people. So no, no. Instead of coming in the morning, I'll just wait for them to go. Once they go back home, then I'll go and get water. So here she is. It's an ordinary day. She's going about ordinary stuff. Nothing about that day that says there's anything important that's coming to change her life forever. On the other side, we read when John 4 starts, it says, and Jesus was moving from one area to the other area. And historically, we knew there was a specific path that was taken to move from this one area to the other area. Especially if you were a Jew, you would only walk on that path. It was a road that made sure you don't go into Samaria because there were a lot of tensions between Samaritans and pure Jews. Samaritans were half Jews. They were Jewish. They were people who had intermarried with other people tribes and they got children out of there and they were, they were rejected by the pure bread Jews. And so in the Samaritan area, the Jews would never ever cross that place. They would never ever go into Samaria. They would go around Samaria to go to another destination. But John 4, when it starts, it says, and Jesus must needs go through Samaria. That expression alone tells us there is something that Jesus knew about this trip. I'd like to believe Jesus was led by the Spirit that there is a woman in Samaria. Today is a day of opportunity. Today the winds of change are blowing. The winds of change are blowing in her life. And so Jesus goes through Samaria. And as you read, you can tell his disciples are not comfortable with this. 
Because they have been taken into a territory where they have to deal with a lot of historical problems. Things that nobody was dealing with. And Jesus walks into Samaria and comes specially to this well at the specific time where this woman is at the well. And the disciples can't take it and they say, We can't take this. And the disciples go away and they go buy bread. They go buy food. And then Jesus starts engaging with this woman. And in talking with this woman, remember this woman doesn't know who Jesus is. All she sees is a, a Jewish male who represents so many things that she dislikes. And Jesus starts to engineer the conversation. Nothing about this encounter that was suggesting that her life is about to change forever. Given the fact that to her, this man she had just met was an ordinary Jewish man. She didn't know it was Jesus. She was going about her regular mundane life of fetching water from the well. When she engaged with this man in conversations, all of a sudden you can see sparks flying. Historical tensions come up. Cultural issues come up. Gender issues come up. Religious issues come up. There was nothing about this initial conversation that is suggesting that a defining moment is knocking at the door of her life. Because God's defining moments don't shout. God's defining moments don't wear anything that is making noise. They come in the everyday and in the mundane. And Jesus, being who he is, takes this conversation and starts to steer it into a divine encounter moment. And by the grace of God, this woman, as she started talking with Jesus, all of a sudden, Jesus asks a question. And she asks Jesus, the Messiah is about to come. We know the Messiah is about to come. And as she's talking, she's struck by something to note. Could this be the Messiah? And when this woman realizes that, she decides that my focus, my priority, my attention must be determined by this moment. She decides that even the pace of what I do and the direction I go must be determined by this moment. What does she do? She puts her water pot down. She runs into the city. She starts making an announcement. Come and see a man. Come and see a man. Come and see a man. And this woman, who was the scum of the city, God uses this woman in a moment of time. She moves from being the scum of the city to being the anointed evangelist of Samaria. And the whole city ran towards Jesus. And when they meet Jesus, and the Bible says, and they began to believe on Jesus, not only because of the words of the woman, but because of what they themselves experience I don't think this woman when she woke up that morning had the foggiest idea that such a major thing is about to unfold in her life but when she met opportunity this one moment by responding appropriately to opportunity it became a defining moment that changed her life forever but not only changed her, changed her city forever. Wow. Do you realize how your defining moment can affect your family, can affect your children, can affect your children's children, it can affect your city, it can affect your country, it can affect your business, it can affect everything about you. And the defining moment, even when it comes to the worst of the worst, God in a second can change the life of a person. And this woman's life is different from then. And she's a different woman. This one moment became so far-reaching that not only did it work then, I want to show you, it sowed seeds of divine encounters even for years to come. Mamela. After the disciples had received the spirit 
on the day of Pentecost. And the commandment from Christ that after the Spirit comes on them, they must take the gospel from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. But when you read the first chapters, chapter 1 to chapter 7, you know that the disciples stayed in Jerusalem and never took the gospel anywhere. But then persecution came. And when persecution came, the Bible tells us that the believers were scattered everywhere. And in Acts chapter 8, we read verse 4, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Watch it. Verse 5, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. Samaria is the first city after Jerusalem that was touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because the seed that that woman saw years before, it is seeds that were going to bring about change. Note what it says. It says, and the multitude with one accord listened to the things spoken by Philip and note hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Why? Samaria was already, had already experienced a move of God years before. The seeds of a positive response to the power of God lingered in the air. So when an evangelist came and started preaching, that seed that had been lying dormant in Samaria began to spring up again. And the power of God started touching people everywhere. Look at the next verse. Verse 7. It says, for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and many who were lamed were healed. Verse 8, just like it was in John chapter 4, and there was great joy in that city. I believe that the opportunity that the woman at the well took planted a seed that was far-reaching even into the future. Meeting Jesus at the well became a defining moment, not only of her life, but also a defining moment of the entire city. I wonder if you are aware, my sisters and my brothers, how so many other people's lives hinge on you responding appropriately to God's defining moment in your life. I wonder how much you realize how many other people's future is going to be affected by you responding to God. This is why I said the opportune moment when you go through the one door, the one door becomes many doors. The one decision translates into so many other things. But when you were standing in front of the door, there was nothing spectacular. There was no sense that this one door could be so many doors. It's only when you look back and you realize, I thank God I made that decision. Because if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be standing here today. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Let me say it again. I wonder how many other people's lives hinge on your responding appropriately to the God-defining moments. That even as you sit in the service and God is speaking to you about your life, what decision are you going to make? Even as the Spirit of God is prompting your heart and writing on the canvas of your spirit, I wonder what your response is going to be. Because very often, when our lives are about to change forever, there's nothing that warns us about it. Both in the positive and in the negative. You can go through one wrong door and ruin your life forever. But conversely so, you can go through one right door and walk into a blessing forever. I pray that God will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation 
that God by his grace will help us as I'll show you the next weeks. There are times when God himself pushes you to the right door and he creates circumstances that put you in a tight spot, that push you to where you don't want to go. But the tight spot is the right spot. The tight spot is the God spot. And it's God who pushes you there for the right decision. I think about it very often about our church in Midrand right now. For us to start that branch in Midrand is because our cell groups in the north were growing by leaps and bounds and doing well. And so in a meeting, ordinary meeting, as we said in the leadership meeting, we just decided to, you know what, why don't we take those cell groups and start a church? And then we rented a German club that was used by cyclists, is it cyclists, I think, out in Sunning Hill. And we started our services there. Few people. And we made sure that the service there runs back to back to this one. So it was that as I preached here, once I finished here, I jumped into the car and drove over to Sunning Hill to go and preach there. And I remember we started with a few hundred people and soon more people and soon the place was so packed out that I'd have to walk through people to get into the building. And one day as I came out of this building, it was a year or two, I don't remember how long it was. There's a building that I would used to see on the other side of the, high, of the freeway. It had been closed for almost three years. And it had been used previously and rented by the Peugeot dealers. They were selling Peugeot cars there and they had a workshop there. I'd seen this building for three years and I never just drive past it. But this particular Sunday, as I left the service at the German club, the Spirit of God said, go over the the highway, freeway, and go have a look at that building because you need to move from here. As I went over the building, it was kind of strange that the Machingilani was there. And he allowed me into the building not knowing who I am. When I stood in that building, and I do it all the time when we buy buildings, when I stand in a building, there's something that happens in me that I know is the building. I'll tell you sometime how that happens, Mara. And I stood in that building. I knew this is the building that we must rent. But as I came out, there, were, there was a board that had several different telephone numbers. And it was the telephone numbers of the uh, estate agents. But for some reason, when I wrote the telephone number, I wrote another telephone number, which happened to be the telephone number of the owner of the building. I didn't know. There was nothing. There, were, there was no tunda. Are you understand what I'm saying? There's no tunda. No lightning. Nothing spectacular. All I know, I'm just following these promptings. And I wrote down the number and I called this man. And I remember we had an appointment with him. I went to see him. And when we met, I could see in his eyes he doesn't believe what I'm saying. I could see the brother, he doesn't believe me. He doesn't, he thinks, you know, I'm just... And I said, no, we rent the building. And we rented the building, and the rest is history. Yeah. Now as we speak, the church grew. We were able to buy a building out, you know, and in mid-rent. Now we have a complete building in mid-rent. We have a church in mid-rent. So on the day when God said, go back to the Pedro garage, there's nothing about the Pedro garage that has thunder or lightning. But the wonder became the many doors. I decree it upon your life. May the wonder become the many doors. May God be gracious to you.
And just like the woman of Samaria, the one door can erase years of misfortune in your life. The one door can turn around a life that has had tears and disappointment. A life that has been a life that has been ravaged and run down. Because when God comes, the power of the Lord is present to heal. That's why when others don't believe in us, God believes in us. When others throw us away, God gives us the second chance and the third chance and the hundredth chance and the thousandth chance because he's a God of opportunity and that God is calling upon you. And that God is beckoning to you to take advantage of the God opportunity. May it be as you go about your everyday life of praying, reading the word, loving God, serving God, as you faithfully go about your duties as a mom, as a dad, as a brother, as a sister, as a teacher, as a business person, I decree in the name of Jesus, may the opportunities of God. May you never miss any door that God has in front of you. May you never walk past a door of opportunity. May God turn you to that door. May God lead you even subconsciously and unconsciously. May God lead you because the one door, the one door. You know, Zalana, let me just say this to you. And I don't know why, it's not in my notes. I don't know why I'm saying it. Did you know that it is even the decision to bond with a specific church is a far-reaching Okay, maybe we'll teach on it this year. One of the things I've learned is that how God connects you to a local church it's a supernatural thing. And the supernatural aspect of it is not that God gives you a prophecy or what. Uh-uh. God just gives you a desire to take just a small and a step. You just go to this church. Sometimes you are visiting, sometimes you are a good Sometimes you are curious, and some of you guys, because you were following some lady. But as you sit in the service, there's just something about what's going on there. There's just a way when the word is taught, you understand it differently. There's just something about that environment that makes you come alive. There's just something about that place. Unfortunately, many people are very glib about being planted in a local church. They jump around and never understand. I know in my life, as I've seen my path and my journey, when I started coming into contact with certain places, it was a life-giving place. And for as long as I'm there, life came. When I met Dr. Maswanganya years ago, when I met Pastor Ray, when I met the late Mfundi Suhorisami Mtembe, there was just something about these men Something about these leaders that just for some reason, just some reason, when they talk to me and talk to my life, things come alive. Yeah. Things come alive. And I've maintained those connections all these years. And I'm not going to cut it off. Never. Why? Because it's an opportune door. The one door comes the many doors. And here's my prayer for you. May God grant you the wisdom. Most of all, may God grant you the grace. 
You know, we are human, we miss it. And often we don't see the things that are at hand. Let me say it to you as I prophesy to your life today. May God grant you the grace. Some of you, you don't realize your life is about to change forever this year. Uh, you know why? I'll tell you why I know. I'll tell you why I know. Because you pushed yourself out of the slumber of the last two years. You yanked yourself out of spiritual lockdown. You dragged yourself to church and you said, I am going back there. I'm going to sit back there. And what you didn't realize, it is God who's working on the inside of you. As the book of Philippians says, it is God who is working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God who works on the inside of us. Let me prophesy again. This year for you, it's a year of opportunity. Oh, come on. If you believe it, shout to the Lord. Let me declare it again. This year, it's a year of opportunity. Let me prophesy again. This is a year of opportunity. Like the woman of Samaria. May God wipe away your tears. May God take away your shame. May God jump into the confusion of your life and bring about order. May God elevate you from being the scum of society. To be the evangelist of the time. And may through you the seeds of coming generations. The doors of opportunity for coming generations. May you be the one door that leads to the ten other doors. May God's grace. God's grace. People in the foyer, why don't you stand on your feet? I see you. I know you can't see me. But don't miss out on what's happening right now. Just stand on your feet. I want to say it again. May God's grace. See, like I said during the week, when you are young and arrogant, you think it's your wisdom. You pat yourself on the back. Telling everybody who's cock. But when you've grown up, you look back and you realize when I went through that door, I didn't know what I was doing. And if God didn't carry me, I wouldn't be here today. Oh, yeah. May God guide you. May God lead you. Raise your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost right where you are, everybody. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. That's right. Pray in the Holy Ghost. That's the atmosphere that leads us to the open doors. That's the atmosphere that makes us to be unconsciously led. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Don't look down upon it. Don't look down upon it. Even if others make fun of it. It's those who don't understand how God works. Pray, pray, call, 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 call.
fervency, earnestness, perseverance, agony, wrestling, laboring, call, call. Baria dabo sekatora de baba. Shadaba dobra sakarama nombre bele bakurene ya nomo. Prabala manombre sekaraba dobali atosea bohabo. Shanama nimbre hindembre kelebari akolebro sokorodea. Mama liatori atoskendre kalabakure bebebe. Mama mahalia lola sikar debre perbe debra balabadaba. Keep on praying, the Holy Ghost is falling. Falling upon people's lives. Falling upon people's lives. Falling upon people's lives. Like he did in the city of Samaria. Shandere balibili siria mukretu sele bahule bekuta Marianoria sukre se prafarbe de balamanukolo tesiatose Kamaliatoria nombra mandom bakalabasiketete Ramboria sukro si prafarbe de glagada basia lobo Shamanam rokol deria tomaniana mahole tea no se Manga Muriotopo, Kamalia to Selabahaile, Jamandom Brakalaba Gulele, Shakendem Brakalaba Gandende, Grimanundo Reparaba Tebalamana Malia Toskenamade. Call, 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 call. Samaningi Asikas, Ebrakale de Bribaninondo, Mangalia to Skataria Kusese. Gimunialo Maria Culebratala Tosia Toto. Oh, Gabaria Tosketaradea. Gabaria Tesketaradea. Gabaria Testataradea. Brahmana Makor de Gretes Cadate. Mangali Tecaria Socor de Catate. Jena Mahala Bacaria Coteriato. Abacaria Tocar de Casquiteradea. Amando mrosokoro de la manomolo tesolo bocholo Esiri bahalama kurema namrabalabakoro Rabalabaria tarabarabakoro Banyanonomo sikatrabalamarema no korodea Ramborebe sikalamarabakoro Ho gabasika Ho gabasika Mramandondoria sukorobababa Jenana maniano dosebre sakardea nama Amangre ninyingringondom rakalabakordede Ganiano modia dosebre perekarde gadia dode Odialoborobosika tarabakotarasite Yekatoskatarabakanede Mamaria kurde braparbe de kalamanokototo Barianondondoro sekalababobo Ah gadele besika Jinamonoro sakorode Brebere baria tarabakorodea baba Oh, we bless your name, Lord. Oh, we bless your name, Lord. Oh, we bless your name, Lord. Yesika barabara deya. Yesika barabara deya. Gabaria da barrio dorobari. Mama mana mana mana. Mama mana mana mana. Mama mana 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 noso. Tetarabakore de baria taraba. Ah, Gadegere Manebre Belemanda Grangando Rebangol Nengol Stekle Badende Gambandale Nendo Ribango Mbragale Deste Brendando Rebendondo Oh Gorogol Badia no Monenchilele Le Hulete Bracala Maninien Gasgenemen in Ninskenon Dongol Nenchitre de la Brahal Vrefer Manegleca Dosiado Edusi prepor bedengle no monon jindem brangala maninga nongongo. Oh, gorgele beliando ngiando, ngiando ngiando, ngiando ngiando, mbregele badia, mbregala badia, grekala badia. Mamani anongre sokoro deya, mangonde mbregedege, hende mbregedebre, 
Fedje maske brif manikus kniske namalitis kanacetese et zuzu risepreti nenzitese lebacete brede agadole nenunzon don 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 Gambarite kingdom bragalamanongola dealo zetera dela rambol in dengo rengol in denga ringal in dende rendel in dende rendel in dende bambagaramagute babagura bagada gagarabalabagara rangandom rekatabadaba mamangandem greste jengendem breste jengendem breske jengendem breske stabarabakutere mraka Menangandoria Sekara Dararara Dararara Rarara Bakarabadaga Adendembrekalabandondoru Esekete Seketete Mambangandom Brekelebatete Mangoria Sokotoso Rebelebe Debre Sokorodea Oh God may we never miss the door 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 May we never Never miss the door. Amakoradea sia, argaderbedea, mambangoria seke, egegeria nomalidea, mangeleyase, mangeleyase, esketere badete, grammaliandondo, mangale nengulu seke, erebelebedege, erebelebedeke, erebelebedeke, mambrakalabagote, screperbede grendendere, in the name of Jesus, machikelengle. Legel, hechringa na magarderi, mans gendem brangaredea, agakar genen zindereba, amagordele monogo, ogrogozoko. May we never miss the door, Jesus. 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 Ezika nomalia, the name of Jesus. Brava la badaga. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Raise your hands right now. Father, I thank you for healings upon people's bodies. Heal people in their minds, their bodies, incurable diseases. We speak healing on you. Deliver people from burdens, heaviness, weights. In the name of Jesus. And I see somebody in this place tomorrow you are going to be going somewhere. You've gotten on a path where you had to start a certain process tomorrow to be moved into certain things spiritual things that you knew are not right. God spoke to you now. During this service, don't go. I pray for you where you are. Because you're not going. You're going to experience a lot of attack. They're going to say things about you. Even your family will try to turn against you. But God will protect you. God will keep you. God will vindicate you. God will make sure your life is spared. Though the season may be difficult, but God will be gracious to you. Even as I speak now, receive the anointing of God to cover you fully. To protect you fully. To make sure that no evil befalls you. 
Let the canopy of glory surround your life now in Jesus' name. And let all enemies of the cross be brought down. And all enemies of God's agenda for your life be brought down. In the name of Jesus. Let every force of darkness that's trying to swallow you and take you into the pit of destruction be stilled right now. Be bound right now. Be immobilized right now in the name of Jesus. And I release the power of God upon your life. Raise your hands, everybody, and say, Father, we thank you. Say it on your own. Father, I thank you that you are a good God. Worthy of all the honor, praise and adoration. Lord, I will go through the door that is your door, led by you, directed by you, in Jesus' name. Just remain standing, everybody. Keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here for the first time, might not even be your first time. But you, maybe you've been invited, maybe you've come on your own, whatever. But you haven't received Christ in your life, I want to pray for you right where you are. Or you knew Christ, you were born again, but you walked away from Christ. Just raise your hands right where you are. I want to pray for you right now. You want to recommit? Thank you. Thank you for those hands all over the place. That's right. Go, raise those hands. I want the ushers, please, and the counselors go stand next to those people right now. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I want to thank you for the new day and the new season that's coming about in these people's lives. I pray for every one of them, Lord, that the power of the Spirit will rest upon them in Jesus' name.